Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. Want to go to Greece together? No, seriously. How about the spring of 2023? That's right. My favorite yogi, Jose Portillo, and I are back. We are hosting our first international yoga wellness life coaching retreat in Greece. And you can pre-register to be one of the first people to apply. We are only taking 10 people and I would love for you to be one of them. So to stay in the know, visit www.letscreateyourfate.com and get on that list to apply. See you in Greece. Welcome to today's episode of Create Your Fate Podcast. I have a huge, huge treat for y'all today. Andrea Isabella Lucas is here joining me. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for this, this conversation. Um, if you don't know who Andrea is yet, you're about to, but she she's clearly an Enneagram 3. Because let me introduce everything that you do. You are an author of Own It All, which is a book about stop waiting for change and create the change in your life instead. You are a life and a business coach, a feminist, which I love, founder of Bar and Soul and Bar and Soul Academy. How do you have time for it all? I make sure I have lots of help, I think. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. I like that because you there's no way um, you got you to gotta do it all, but not on your own. Right. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the book. We'll, we'll start there because I, I read it and I loved it. I could not put it down. I listened to it on Audible. It's available on Audible on all the all the streams. But uh, tell us about um, writing, writing it, how you came up with it, why it was important to you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. The book is two things, I guess. One is sharing my story of where, where I've come from and where I was able to get to, and then sharing the mindset shift that I had to make in order to be able to do that. And, you know, I start with my rock bottom moment, which is when I was, I found myself in an abusive relationship and I had a real rock bottom moment where I spent the night in the emergency room. And I realized the next morning when I called home to tell my family what had happened um, that, you know, disturbingly enough, the the reaction that my dad had was, what are you going to do? You can't leave. And that was like, obviously not the advice that I needed or was looking for, or probably that any of your listeners would give to their their kids. And um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's tough to hear. It, it was right. So, and I've totally made my peace with it at this point. And I understand that in my dad's world, that's only as um, big as he was, you know, putting, putting the limit on what was possible, let's say that. Yeah. And based on his own life experiences, and, and I have a lot of compassion for that. And in that moment, I realized, holy crap, no one is coming to save me and no one's coming to get me out of this mess. And there's no higher authority to appeal to, to fix this for me. I have to literally take ownership of my life from here on out. And uh, that's where the title Own It All came from. Yeah, I, and I love that. I, I, I'm i telling you, I could not put this book down. So you have to go out and, and get it. Um, if you're a physical book reader, you can buy it on, is it Amazon? You can buy it anywhere, your website. Absolutely, but, absolutely. And, and you even talk about that. Uh, I think one of the chapters is is forgiveness and um 
It was. It's a book about every every aspect of your life, and I was, I was reading your book like, oh my gosh, your mindset, the mindset that goes into this and seeing the change, it's so important. And I read it, I'm like, oh my God, I have to have you on the podcast. <laughs> so so thank you again. But we'll kind of go into um, what we want to talk about today, which is like those elevated boundaries. It's kind of the theme that we're going for. But when you are owning it all in your life, every aspect, relationships and career and um just every aspect of it, you have to protect your energy. So tell us why, why is that and how is it so important to you for you to protect your energy? Thank you. Yeah, this was a topic that kind of organically came up between you and I when we were chatting about what to discuss today. And, yeah. and I think because it's something I'm, I'm presently working with and what I noticed, one of the things that I keep talking about throughout the book is take the biggest risk you can stomach for today. And meaning just don't get overwhelmed by the end goal or the the big picture, but figure out, okay, how far can I, can I push the envelope for today? Yeah. And that led me step by step to creating a multi-million dollar business from literally nothing. Yeah. So give us the backstory on that. And I know okay. it's in your book and again, got to read this book, but how did you, I mean, you, you have this rock bottom moment and now you have such a successful business, business model. Um, tell us about that. Well, I mean, it honestly started with my rock bottom. It started with getting myself out of that relationship and out of that situation. And as anyone who's fled an abusive situation can tell you, it's not, you don't just snap your fingers and it all just happens. Anyone who's been through a devastating breakup or a divorce or anything like that knows that 90% of it is logistics and figuring out where the heck am I going to live and how yeah. am I going to buy my groceries and whatever else. So, um, you know, it was just one step at a time. The biggest thing I could muster and do at that time was to leave and start my life over. And I did. And along the way, uh, as I was healing from that, I became a part-time bar instructor. And I was also finishing up my women's studies degree because I had my son when I was 19. So I um, took a really long time finishing college. And so I was about 30 when I did. And I realized that this side hustle I had created for myself in fitness was actually very much a women's empowerment platform. And that the things I was studying in school, my women's studies degree could totally be applied in the boutique fitness setting. Because in many ways, it's almost like people's church. That's where they go every week, you know, usually multiple times a week. And that's the culture that they're really uh, choosing to surround themselves with. So mm -hmm. I realized I could create this amazing feminist culture as a fitness instructor, you know, which isn't something I would have expected to have ended up doing. But I had kind of an epiphany when I was taking class one day. So I moved my way up the ranks. I, I actually had an opportunity to buy the studio where I originally taught at. And I was not ready for that opportunity. It wasn't the biggest risk that I could stomach for that day. Mm -hmm. It was too big at the moment. And then I had an opportunity to manage a wonderful uh, studio in Boston for a while. And that was the next right step for me. Mm -hmm. And after getting some of that experience under my belt, then I was able to go out on my own and create my own business. And, you know, it started with me thinking I could never have a lease on a commercial property because I wasn't wealthy and didn't have a trust fund or some investors in the background. So I thought, okay, well, what can I do? I will start a program out of other people's studios, which led to 
someone offering for me to buy their studio. And once I had gotten a taste of success with that pretty quickly, I started wanting to open more and more. So I opened five within the first three years of owning my business. Wow. that That's amazing. Um, congratulations on being super successful, but also, and also finding and not, but, you know, you taught me that in your book, um, <laughs> but also, you know, and also listening to yourself, you know, if you go back to seeing the success that you have with your five studios, what do you think, you know, would you have ever gotten to where you are now if you had listened to your dad's advice? I think I would have lived a very sad existence. I mean, in a way, this sounds so wrong to say, but I've always been grateful that things escalated so badly and became violent because it wasn't a situation that I could convince myself to stay in. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are low grade miserable in their relationships, but they don't want to leave that safety and they're afraid of the unknown. Mm -hmm. So I was sort of forced into the unknown by how bad the situation was. And one of the things that I did right away that I always recommend to someone when they're in a bad situation is just to tell as many people who care about you as possible because you start to eliminate the option of going back to that. It becomes too embarrassing and you have too much accountability to actually confront what's happening and deal with it once you start to tell more and more people. And that's one of the things that I did in order to get myself out of that situation. Right. Yeah. Cause it's scary. And, and you're thinking, well, if I tell, if I tell so many people, then they won't let me go back or I won't want to tell them I'm going back. Exactly. It's just a way to like little baby steps and, and going back to you or, you know, what is the biggest, you know, risk or thought that I can handle today? Maybe it's just telling one person today. Right. Absolutely. And, and I, I love what you said about, you know, I'm divorced, but you stay in this, and it was not abusive or anything. Um, he's he's a great person, but you stay in this mindset where you start to think of all the well. How am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle this? And if you listen to those voices for, if you let them talk too long, you start to believe all of them. They keep you where you are, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So same kind of thing. You said low grade miserable, and. I love that phrase because I think it resonates with a lot of people, even just not in relationships, but in careers, uh, work, everything, all kinds of situations where I think a lot of people, and I know a lot of listeners um, who listen to this podcast, are low-key or low-grade miserable in jobs and wanting to do something on their own. So walk us through, what did you think when you first started entertaining, wait a minute, I think I might open up my own thing. Like, did you ever think I could never do this? And what crossed over from low grade miserable to owning five studios, you know? Mm, Yes. Um, Well, I really appreciated and loved very much that opportunity that I had to manage that studio in Boston. And the way that it was structured and the way that the schedule worked for that role and the way that I was teaching someone else's method that was really flawless and and amazing, I was still kind of getting burnt out because I needed more creativity. I realized I don't like teaching in just one location to the same people every 
day, five days a week, three times a day. And I knew that if I was going to have a business, I wanted to be in multiple locations Mm -hmm. because I really needed that variety and like adventure. So that is actually why I thought it would be a perfect business model to partner with different studios. And it just so happened that someone offered you know, for me to buy theirs. And then again, knowing in my mind that I was planning to have multiple locations, I began to expand from there pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, when you and I thought about the idea of protecting your energy, I wrote about a lot of things in the book. I wrote about protecting uh, your time or owning your time, mm-hmm. owning your relationships, owning the past. And like you said, we talk about forgiveness and we talk about cleaning up whatever is not feeling right and not feeling good in your relationships. Like these are all things that will hold you back from being able to accomplish the things that you're here to accomplish. So Mm -hmm. it just, no one's going to come along and fix that for you. You really do have to get in front of it and have an internal uh, locus of control Mm -hmm. to be able to say, okay, it's on me. And, you know, own your relationships could sound weird, like, oh, dominate everyone. And that's, of course, not what it means at all. It just means don't wait for that person to come and apologize to you. Don't um, stay stuck in a in anger or victimhood, which, you know, I think one of the things that really helped me uh, when I was letting go of that previous abusive relationship, letting go of things that didn't go the way I might have liked with my relationship with my father, for example. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I wrote about that a lot in the book. I did something called the Landmark Forum, which is a weekend intensive uh, group coaching experience. And it was really powerful. And I saw there how I had some stories, um, and I'll just call them victim stories. And I know that could be a controversial term, but of course, bad things had happened to me that we can all probably agree shouldn't have happened. So mm-hmm. nothing wrong with the fact that I had, um, that I was upset about those things or whatever, but being still angry about it five years after leaving that relationship wasn't serving me. It wasn't helping me propel myself forward in life. And I was able to really embrace forgiveness as a way to set myself free and free up that energy. So Mm -hmm. again, protecting your energy, where do you want it to go? I mean, do you want to cling to being right and making sure everybody knows that that person was wrong and you were right and they treated you badly? I mean, you can do that if you want, or you could use that energy for something else. And eventually you know, at the appropriate time, I think it serves us to move on. Yeah. It's, it's even, you know, you hear protecting your energy and that goes right along with boundaries where you, there's, there's no way you can do all these amazing things in life, even the things that that you do, right. And not have boundaries with other people. But I think it also starts, and you and I have talked about this, boundaries with yourself, right? Start there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's different levels of boundaries with other people. But protecting your energy from yourself, exactly right. Like, where do you want your energy to go? And that sounds like you have to have a very honest conversation with yourself, you know? Yes. And you mentioned about, um, yeah, where where were my thoughts going in the beginning and how did I get them to shift in this other direction? And Mm -hmm. one of those was really realizing and getting honest with myself, how much I was stuck in being righteous, I guess, about Mm -hmm. things that had happened to me and that really wasn't serving me. And then another thing that, that I think can pollute our energy and pollute our thought space is self doubt. Mm -hmm. And we all have 
some amount of self-doubt that comes up for us. One of the things that I noticed in just, and maybe this is like a COVID thing and having gone through, you know, the pandemic with a brick and mortar business and it was just hard to know the right thing to do from day to day. But I noticed recently that I kept um, delaying on decisions and I kept second guessing decisions after I had made them. And I went back to this idea of what is the biggest risk that you can stomach for today? And I thought, why was it easier for me to take risks all those years ago when I had really nothing left to lose? Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of the conclusions I came to is when I was at rock bottom, I didn't have as much to lose. And then after attaining some success, I started to get in my own way and my thoughts started to get in my way in terms of questioning myself and and second guessing myself and things like that. And what I realized is, and I wrote about it in the book, but when you're owning your time, it is imperative that you do say no to some things. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that it was easier to take risks when I started with not as much on my plate. And I I could just add more and and add another risk and add another studio location and and, add another business vertical and I could add and add. And I am at the point where anything that gets added, something does have to get subtracted now. And what I realized is I found it much harder to say no to things and to let things go rather than saying yes to everything and having FOMO about everything. Yep. That's one of the ways that I, I'm working on protecting my energy right now is just being really intentional about what I have to say no to um, and or what I choose to say no to, actually, right. in order to have the space for the things I want to say yes to. And sometimes I just have to make a decision without obsessing over whether it's the right one, mm-hmm. rather trust myself that I'm going to figure it out, whatever's on the other side of this, but that delaying and stalling on those decisions is it's a choice in itself, right? And it and it has its own consequences. So yeah. better to just make the decision, make it quickly and get into action and rather than continuing to second guess or yes. wonder if, I, if it's the very best thing. Right, right. You get like stuck on this. Well, is there a better decision out there? Right? Like I don't want to say yes, yes to this because there might be something better. It's like when I bought my first house um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I feel so bad for my realtor. We must have looked at like a hundred houses, right? And um, I, I had this thing where I was caught up and like, well, what if there's something else better out there for me, you know? And exactly. I mean, I I looked for probably what six months or something like that, and it just it ends up being this like miserable loop of always questioning yourself. And that's just like a small example of something tangible that you can yes. see. But it's like you're you're holding your life up, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people I know and and this was my scenario too, even when I was quitting my nine to five and hopping into what I really wanted to do of making that decision where you get stuck, where you're like, what if this doesn't work out? But that's so interesting that when you feel like you have nothing to lose, it's easier. You're like, well, might as well. Right. But why? it's like, right. It's like, well, I might as well try that. I can't get any worse. But you know, what's, what needs to happen mentally to when you start getting that success and you do have things to lose to still continue to make those moves. You know, mm. it's like, what do you, what goes on in there? Right, exactly. And and making it okay. And it's so funny that you mentioned about the house and I have a similar example in my book of like, sometimes you just have to make a, a good enough choice. Yeah. Like, okay, good enough. Let's keep moving. You know, let's not yeah. remain frozen forever in this. Yeah. In this. There's like taboo around that word, like that phrase, good enough. Like it's, is it good enough? Right. Right. 
Yes, it is to get forward motion, and you can because I think a lot of people. I'm like, well, I don't have the perfect plan, everything mapped out. I'm not going to make a move. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even going to take one step because I don't know what the next 10 steps looks like, you know? Right. And it's like, no, just, is it, can you take one step? Is that good enough? Well, yeah, it is, you know, but it's like, there's this like taboo around it of like, oh, well, I don't want, I don't want to settle, you know? Right. Exactly. And it's, and I think actually settling a lot of times looks like, staying clinging to things um that we've created success we've created for ourselves that maybe we've outgrown mm -hmm. maybe there's relationships that we've outgrown maybe there's a business that you built that you've outgrown or a mm -hmm. role or something like that so i think there's a certain amount of trusting the universe mm -hmm. that if you are called to something there's a reason for that and yeah. it's safe and it's not only safe but perhaps your purpose to just go after that thing yeah. and also trusting yourself and and on two levels one if this doesn't work out i'll figure it out right like for me sometimes i had to say to myself when opening a studio what's the worst that could happen i'll be broke and i have been broke before and yeah <laughs> i've already done that i know how to do it <laughs> exactly and then um also trusting yourself that your desires are not a joke they're not frivolous they're not something silly and foolish for you to just brush aside, mm -hmm. but really trusting um, your inner knowing when it's calling you to something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all goes into just protecting your energy from you because uh, you can very easily trick yourself into staying small into settling and staying in something like a hermit crab and like a little shell that they're trying to outgrow it's like no no no, this is comfortable I like this right and your mind mm -hmm. starts to play tricks on you and I know you know you're so into mindset so you know you've I could tell in your book I was like oh yeah I think you know she she does this too and this too and she's read this book and stuff and I'm like this is great but so that kind of goes into this secondary um how you're protecting your energy is like with what you're doing with your time Right. Mm -hmm. So I could even just tell even just from reading your book, like, wow, she has invested a lot of time into personal development. It's true. You know, so how did you get into personal development and why is it so why did you see think it was so important? Thank you. That's such a fun topic. And yeah. So when I was in that management role that I was speaking about earlier, and I was teaching 15 fitness classes a week in, in Boston, and I was really plugged into the Lululemon store in the area there, and I was an ambassador for them. And they sent me on this really cool retreat in Vancouver. And I noticed that, and it was half, half of us at the retreat were ambassadors, and the other half worked for Lululemon. I noticed that the Lululemon people were using lingo that was different that they all seemed to speak a little <laughs> dialect of their own. They had a bunch of words that they, you know, little buzzwords that they would say. And when I came home, I asked my friend about it, who was um, manager for them. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, it's Landmark. We, everybody has the option to go to Landmark after they've been here for, I forget if it was six or eight months or something at the time. And I said, okay, what's Landmark? And she said, uh, she explained to me that it was this personal development coaching program that the founder had been really into and made it a part of their company culture. And she said, I wonder if we can send ambassadors, let me find out. So that was something that they did for me was they sent me to the Landmark Forum. And 
like I said, it completely opened my eyes to a couple different things. One, to the heavy baggage that I was carrying around, despite having created a lot of success for myself up to that point, there was an energetic weight to what I was still proving and fighting for and all of that. And, and I think I was a really an angry feminist at that time, whereas now I consider myself very inclusive feminist. And before it was like, oh, certain people were a lost cause to me. They just like write them off. Yeah. And yeah. after the Landmark Forum, I really, it just opened up my heart and my mind a lot to have more compassion for mm -hmm. how people ended up the way that they did. And to realize that if, if we want feminism to be something widespread, it's easier if you can get everyone's cooperation rather than fighting yeah. against. Right. You know, yeah. The, doing it out of love and not fear and anger and making totally. it uh, very intentional with positive positive intention behind it. I love that. It's a whole different energy and it just feels, you feel different on the inside when you're coming from that place. Mm -hmm. And it just feels so much more empowered. It feels so, you know, whether it's right or wrong, kind of it doesn't even matter. It's just, how does it make you feel? And does it empower you? And for mm -hmm. me, it really empowered me to actually choose compassion, choose forgiveness and choose to fight for something great and not yeah. against something. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. And and I, I love that so much because um, I one of my aspects of coaching is getting people to even have consciousness of and getting to see how much of your life are you focusing on what you don't want, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm making a decision where someone can sit down and say, well, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want to do this. I'm like, yes, you have defined this so well. You've talked the whole time about what you don't want. But tell me what you do want, right? And it's kind of the same thing where it's like, no, like, tell me what you're fighting for, not against. Tell me what you stand for, not what you're against. And because when you focus on what you are for, you can start spending more time focused on that, right? Not running away or being angry at what you're against. And then you find people similar to the, you know, the whole Lululemon culture you don't need a Lululemon culture to do this, but you once you start focusing on what you're for, then you start attracting people who are also for that. You know, so that's another way to protect your energy is what are like what are you doing with your time? But who are your people? You know, hundred so, percent. Yeah. Why? Why is you know people um, like kind of another massive ingredient in this whole little mix of of growth and personal development? I think that the conversations that we have in our heads are very powerful. As we've been talking about, the things we say to ourselves mm -hmm. are really important and they are ultimately where we make the decisions about what we're going to do, whether we're going to go for it or hold ourselves back. And I think what really feeds and breeds all of those inner thoughts, that inner monologue, are the conversations that we have with other people. And sometimes a conversation is a book that you read. And you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. you read my book and you were like, wow, I appreciated this conversation that I just had with Andrea about these topics. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Right? So it can be any kind of media that you consume, you know, can have that kind of power and that effect. Mm -hmm. It could be a podcast that you listen to, of course. And the people that are immediately in your life that you're speaking to on a regular basis, if I was surrounding myself with people who responded to abuse with, well, what are you going to do? You can't leave. 
I would stay very stuck. Mm -hmm. And if that was the kind of messaging, you know, that I was getting. So I think when you have a choice about who you're surrounded with, you really want to choose wisely. And for me, I've also just noticed you can love someone a lot and care about them and respect them and realize that the relationship is still costing you too much, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that's a friendship or a professional relationship or a love relationship or a family relationship. Those are the hardest yeah. because in my opinion, family are never really gone. Even if you say, I'm going to cut this person out of my life, like there's a piece of you that's still pretty attached. So that's probably the hardest one to navigate. And that's where boundaries are so important. But Mm -hmm. I do think that the things we are saying out loud and that people are saying back to us in our conversations, ultimately that creates frankly, the reality or the perception of reality that we're working from and that we're making our choices from. Right. No, that's, I think you nailed it right there. It's so spot on. It's because you are creating energy, right? So if you're protecting your energy and creating energy at the same time, then those two, you want to be synergistic with each other where, you know, again, going back to your, your first situation that you mentioned when you were leaving and wanting to leave, you're like, hey, I'm going to tell as many people as I can because that's my biggest risk that I could take that day, right? The step that I could do. But also, you know, you're doing all this stuff on your, like yourself, like you finally talk yourself into like this big step, like I'm going to do it. And those people, had had you told all these people and and everyone would have been like, no, stay, you have to stay, you have to stay. That's conflicting. And that makes it even harder. And the voices in your head just start to get really confused and really loud, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where you really need to be intentional about who who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're talking about things that are so important, Mm -hmm. like your major life decisions, you know, you have to be selective or you get to be selective Mm -hmm. about who you're going to share with. Some people are very risk averse and they are just trying to protect you and they may love you a lot, but they might shut down your big ideas mm-hmm. and try to, you know, squash it as fast as they can and yeah. say, no, maybe you shouldn't do that, you know? <laughs> and so you have to think about that, I suppose, if yeah. you want to create the kind of energy that is going to support your heart's desire. Yeah. And fi- so finding people, you know, boundaries with how you spend your time and who you're spending your time with it's finding those like-minded people, right? Who aren't going to like poo-poo your ideas just because they're not a bad person. They just are completely just different. It's a different mindset. So, you know, you're not going to go to someone, let's even just say, um, Hey, even something with fitness, something fitness related to someone who I'm not going to go ask you a question about bar. If you don't do bar, you know, it's like, not going to people just for an extra opinion, right? Like, oh, if I ask 10 people, then at least one of them will tell me what I want. It's like, no, be intentional with it and go to people who can actually help you and are like-minded. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, there's something to be said for going to people who are going to tell you what you want to hear. I think that's what we pay coaches for a lot of the time. (laughs) You know, it's like, I need a cheerleader. I need someone I know I can count on for that pep talk. And that's Mm -hmm. a really beautiful and powerful thing. And it's so great to just be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I've noticed is some people are going to, uh, come from their their own limitations, their own experience, their own trauma, and have mm-hmm. reasons to, to shut down or to not see what's possible when you share with them. I've also noticed that people tend to 
generally be agreeable. So that's another thing that I think is really powerful and not only choosing who you share with, but choosing the things that you say, because if you come to, if you go around to everybody in your world and you say, gosh, I would love to work out more, but honestly, who has time? People are going to be like, you're so right. I know yeah. there's oh, yeah, not no enough time. hours in the day. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or if you're like, you know what? It's too important to not make time for. I'm going to do it. People are going to be like, yes, exactly. You can make time. Right, so, right. They're, they're cheerleaders too of, of anything that you say. Like, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> that's, totally. so, that's such a good point though, because you're you're so right. You know, you're, see me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but people are agreeable. So even being, you know, protecting your energy, but protecting the words that you say and how you say it. Exactly. Right. And words are basically your thoughts resonated into the physical, you know, speech. But um, I I think especially as an NLP practitioner, so neurolinguistic programming is really talking about how important your words are in shaping the life that you want. Right. Again, mm-hmm. not focusing on what you don't want or what you're against, but what you do want. So t- you had something in your book that I absolutely loved. It was and not but. So talk to us about that, because I thought that was really powerful for creating this energy of what you want. Okay. So imagine if I said, I want to have the most successful month in my business that I have ever had, but I need a vacation and I want to go on this trip next week. I'm acting like I can't have both. So like the butt is like the delete key that is backing out the first thing that you said. Yeah. Whereas if you say and, it creates possibility. So mm-hmm. I want to have the best month in my business that I've ever had. And I need a vacation and I want to go away next week. Well, what the hell? Now you're you're playing a different game because now you're playing to win both of those right. rather than one. Yeah. And I love that because it it forces you to start thinking of solutions and generate ideas of how is this going to work out for me, you know? Uh, and I love that. It's the best of both worlds. And I think a lot of people out there don't think that they can have the best of both worlds, you know, where it's like, I have to, you know, I don't get along with this family member, so I have to keep them in my life and I have to see them and talk to them X amount of times per week or anything. And I don't know. What do you think keeps people from exploring options of boundaries because boundaries are they can be pretty difficult i think a couple different things one i think we just have a tendency to create false binaries Mm -hmm. where we think there are only two paths and there and that it's everything feels like a fork in the road where yeah i have to either do this or that i have to choose between (laughs) this or that yeah right there are millions of of (laughs) possibilities at any given moment and we're just we tend to focus on two things and and try to choose between them so that's interesting i've never thought of that but that's that's spot on like well it's either this or that i'm either going to stay in my job or start my own business right well there's there's a bunch of different things in between that exactly where i have to work on a cruise ship like (laughs) you could do anything yeah anything that you want right or i it's either um I'm going to be happy or I'm going to like, I'm going to stay in this job that pays me well and be miserable or start my side gig and be happy, but you know, broke for a long time. And it's like, well, why are you, if those are the only options that you're thinking in your head, then you are literally creating just those two options and nothing else. Right. Mm -hmm. So then your words are going to reflect 
the two options that you create versus all these other possibilities. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I think that's one, another way that coaching and personal development are so helpful because a coach is going to question that and be like, well, why, why do you have to choose between those two? What if you Mm -hmm. could have both of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think the other thing that makes boundaries challenging is that we are afraid of having, having air quotes, difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. So we think a conversation is going to be difficult. We will try to avoid having it. Meanwhile, we're bitching about it probably to different people in our lives and we're complaining about, you know, our boundaries not being respected rather than just going to the source and having the conversation that maybe we're not looking forward to having. Mm -hmm. And we all do it. Um, I'm still catch myself doing it from time to time. And, you know, I still continue to discover that when I have maybe unconsciously been delaying a conversation for a while, a lot of times I've been trying to manipulate and control the outcome and figure Mm -hmm. out exactly how can I have this conversation and, and have it go exactly how I want it to go and get Mm -hmm. the ending that I wanted. And I'm reminded all the time that a lot of times the way the conversation goes is, is in a different direction than what you ever even would have pictured. Mm -hmm. So wasting all this energy trying to control the outcome is not worth it. And the Mm -hmm. thing we're getting and running from, it's better to just stop, surrender, have the conversation and kind of let the chips fall. Right. And that even going back to protecting your energy, it's like, hey, I'm going to put off having this difficult conversation because I don't want to be in that negative energy, right? I don't have that kind of negativity for my life or whatever. And But if you actually sit down and think about it, it's like you are thinking about that conversation that you're putting off until you actually have it. So you're actually putting yourself through more energetic misery, we'll call it. You're spending more energy on it and you're creating this this situation that you don't want and you're living in it longer than, okay, I'm going to have this tough conversation and then it's going to be over, you know, and you don't have to think about it anymore. Such a great way to put it. Exactly. We're torturing ourselves with the energetic misery of not having the conversation yeah. rather than just getting it over with and trusting that if you're coming from a place of love and if you want everybody to win, mm-hmm. how bad could it go? Yeah. Yeah. C- kind of tying in our point from before of focusing on what you want, right? And what are you for, right? I'm, I'm going to fight for something and not against something. I'm going to have this conversation, this difficult conversation based on being for something, not against. Um, yeah, I think that's totally necessary when it comes to protecting your energy, uh, you know, with yourself first, right? Always yourself first, and then with your time and your environment, and then with the people who are in your life. Um, what do you think is, what do you think is the hardest part about protecting your energy and creating those boundaries like is it people are scared that they're going to be lonely that they're not gonna have anybody left or what what is it that you're like gets people get to the like little step and you're like oh I'm not really quite sure like I'm not gonna do it yet like no I want to stay safe but is it fear what it's a good question I think we fear a lot of times not being liked, mm-hmm. probably a lot more than we admit to ourselves and yeah. certainly out loud to anyone else. I noticed and probably 
a lot of folks can relate to this. During the pandemic, it was utterly impossible to have a popular opinion. Yes. <laughs> you know what Very I mean? Very much though. <laughs> <laughs> Every opinion was unpopular with somebody and like passionately so. And as a leader and as a business owner and as someone with dozens of staff and thousands of clients and social media followers and everything, it was impossible to be liked all the time. Mm -hmm. And I had to really learn to stand in my integrity mm -hmm. and just trust and believe that I was making the best decision that I could with the information that I had and with the values that, mm -hmm. that I have. And it's not going to be for everybody. You're not going to be for everybody. And sometimes people aren't going to like you and they are going to have an issue with what you're doing or what your opinion or anything else. And I think letting go of the need to be liked by everybody universally mm -hmm. is huge. I think people really fear haters and it's a very powerful force that probably keeps us from wanting to be visible mm -hmm. more than we realize as well. I heard a quote somewhere that when people talk about wanting to build their following, whether it's on social media or for a podcast or whatever, I heard a quote once that said something to the effect of your size of your following. Oh, basically you don't have a bigger audience because you're not ready for it yet. You're not mm -hmm. ready for that yet. You haven't come to the place where you can accept the amount of, we'll just say haters yeah. or un unpopular opinions or trolls. The or trolls. Yeah. Else. The trolls are out there. Exactly. <laughs> they are exactly. until you're ready to be okay with that and stand in your integrity and not have that threaten your sense of self. Mm -hmm. Probably you're going to find ways to self-sabotage and not put yourself out there out of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's so powerful. I think, and you're so right. You can now, you, especially during COVID, there was just never, you just didn't know. You, it was the best decision at the time. I, I did, you had to trust. Well, I, made the best decision I could for the time. And I, and it, I didn't know, right? Like right. we, we did the best that we could kind of thing. But you know, that saying that you are not for everybody and everyone's not for you. Like everyone is not for you. Well, everyone's not for you, but also everybody is not for you. Like they don't want you to succeed. And, and if you do not have boundaries, if you don't accept boundaries of not everybody is for me, meaning I'm not for everybody so I'm not going to accommodate everybody into my, the way I form my opinions, the way I make my moves, the way I protect my time. And it's, you know, I'm an Enneagram 7 and we have FOMO like no other. And I used to be, you know, this person is like, okay, I'm going to spend 20 minutes with this person. I'm going to leave and go an hour here and blah, 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 and ask this person for this advice. And then this person and 10 other people. And it was just always like the more the merrier, I said in my head, but really it was just me being afraid of boundaries and mm -hmm. letting everybody have access to me. Right. And I thought that I had to uh, accommodate and appease everybody. And then what I realized, and you said this was values. You have to stick true to your values and your integrity, but I had not identified those for a very long time. So you're like, yeah, that sounds great. And then 10 minutes later, another opinion. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds great. But really, it's like, what is the best for you, right? And who knows that the best is you, you know? 
Exactly. And how did you, how did you turn that corner where you began to be willing to create those boundaries and honor your own values? Mm-hmm. I, you know, honestly, I think it was just, I got tired of this is, you know, I don't feel like me and I don't feel like me because I'm putting so much of other people into who I was, you know, not pretending to be, but who I was, I guess, allowing myself to be. Right. And I would notice that I would even shape shift a little bit from group to group to group. And I was it just started feeling like very inauthentic and out of integrity with myself. But, you know, until you sit down and you say, hey, what's what's going on? You don't know. It just something feels off where it was like, well, if if I was this way with this group of people, they wouldn't like me. But with this group of people, I'll be this way. It's like, well, who who am I? Right. And you have to ask yourself, who am I? And a lot of times you are how you spend your time. You are who you are around, you know? So if you don't have boundaries and if you can't identify who you are, you're like, okay, that's kind of a sign. I think you said this when we talked earlier, it's time to prune, right? Mm -hmm. Pruning is, and I love that, that phrase. It's like, it's time to prune because not everybody is going to come with you, right? Not everyone's for you. So how do you think you start the pruning process of saying, no, I don't want to spend my time this way or this person's not for me? Well, notice how you feel after you've been interacting with them. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if you find yourself obsessing over trying to make this person feel better and trying to say the right thing and, uh, oh, are they upset with me? And, you know, I think, and then how does it, how does it feel to have those thoughts? Does it, because sometimes someone will come to me with a problem and I'm so excited to help them solve it. And I am thinking about it and I feel good about it energetically. It feels Mm -hmm. good in my body to try to help them troubleshoot. And I feel like I'm being of service and I feel helpful. Other times I feel drained and it's like this person, I've given them my thoughts, my advice, I've listened and they don't seem ready to break out of this rut that they're in Mm -hmm. or they're always hurt or offended. And I find that I'm always apologizing and explaining my intentions or what have you, you know, if you, if you're hanging up from the phone or getting that text and you're just feeling icky and, mm-hmm. uh, and drained by that, I think that's a really good sign. And sometimes it's just that there's something there for you to say that you haven't been saying. And other times it's just that where this person is at in their journey is not really a match for where you're at at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's such a good point of, are you on the same wavelength with people? And, and it's not always, you know, no, we're not, and we're never going to be, it's maybe I'm growing faster than this person or this person is growing faster than I am, right? It's kind of this mm-hmm. two-way thing. But I think there's a lot of guilt also associated with mm-hmm. that of, why well, I, I feel like I should be here for this person. I'm a bad person because I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't feel great about wanting to help them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, again those two choices. It's like this or that. It's like, no, no, no. There's a lot of other things that are attributing to this, you know? Yes. That's such a good, I'm glad you brought up the word guilt because you're right. I think that is what holds a lot of folks back from having the boundaries that they want to have, which ultimately comes down to not feeling worthy of having those boundaries or feeling Mm -hmm. that you owe it. Mm. You owe somebody your time. And I guess, you know, that's something to just unpack and look at and question. There's, 
there's a lot to be said for helping folks. And there's also billions of people on the planet. You're not going to help every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And And you can't, you can't do it. Right. Exactly. So then who, who, who are you here to be aligned with at at this time? Mm -hmm. And yes, exactly. Some folks are going to definitely stay in your life because they're a family member, because they work in your office and you love that job otherwise. And, you know, what have you, um, you know, because they are, they are the IRS and you're getting audited. Like, yeah, Yeah. I think there's always those types of people you're like, oh, they're always going to be there, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where, yeah, creating the boundaries comes in and just knowing where, where your values lie, Mm -hmm. what you're comfortable with and what you're not. And, you know, not every boundary has to get communicated out loud. You could just say to yourself, I'm not going to answer text messages during my workday, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a boundary that you create within yourself. And it's like, yes, I love my friends and I and I love that they want to chat with me. And between these hours, I'm going to be working and I'm not going to respond and get sucked into these side conversations later in the day when I choose things like that. Yeah. And that's that's owning your decisions right there mm-hmm. is own, owning your boundaries, but and, and not a, not but but and not apologizing for them. You know, it's exactly. these are my boundaries because this is my life. And if you stick within your values and you always come back to your authentic integrity, once you start to identify that, it's like, I actually don't mind that this person doesn't like me because we are completely opposite. I mean, obviously you treat everybody with kindness and respect, but I don't need this person to like me Mm -hmm. or feel like that they are aligned with me because we are actually not aligned on so many different ways. And knowing that you can make that decision and it doesn't make either of you a bad person, it's just like, nope, that person is just not for me, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Right. And I think a lot of it does come down to worthiness, really feeling worthy to own your time, Mm -hmm. worthy to have boundaries, worthy to not overinvest your energy into how other people feel or what they think of you and Mm -hmm. things like that. And worthiness is, it's a huge um, topic that we could spend definitely a whole other podcast episode. Tune in for episode two. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think ultimately... There is just no reason why anyone else on the planet is more worthy than you, mm-hmm. period. There's nobody who, you know, it's not like the Academy Awards. There's no Academy who's yeah, out there. Yeah, the Academy that... of Worthiness. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so true, though. I, I've never heard it um, phrased so eloquently and just so bluntly. Nobody else is more worthy than you, Period. Right. It's like that's... I don't think anybody's more worthy than anybody. No. That's my personal belief. I mean, I, I agree with that entirely. It's you are you are a soul. You are a human. You are here. You have value simply because you exist, you know, where it's that's that's it. Right. And exactly. we, we put all these things in our head of what makes people more valuable, whether it be, you know, financially or physically or whatever it might be. But it's no, that's that's totally made up in our own heads. So, um. Well, one last question for you, and just going back to your book, because I, I really cannot stress to everybody enough, like, you have to read this book. It's awesome. And you narrate yourself, which I, I always love that, um, and you do a great job. But what was your favorite chapter in your book? Ooh. 
Uh, Own Your Legacy was probably my favorite chapter because ultimately I think it creates this overarching sort of umbrella where you get to find the boundaries that you need. You get to find what your values are. If you start at the end of your life and work backwards and think Mm -hmm. about how do you want to be remembered? What is the impact that you want to have made? It makes other choices and decisions easier. It makes it easier to say no to some things if you know what you're working toward and what's the legacy that you're trying to build, what you've decided you're, you're here to do. So I think that one's my favorite. Yeah. That kind of wraps up everything that we've been talking about too. It's like, your legacy is around what you're for and what you're spending your energy on and your, you know, your boundaries are all encapsulating with this. And in order to protect that, right, you're, you're not, you're not focused on saying no to all these things. It's really like, what are you a yes for? Like your legacy. So I I love that. Well, and it makes it easier to take risks when you feel like you're taking risks in service Mm -hmm. of a greater good. So For example, public speaking, it's scary for most of us. Mm -hmm. Anytime I'm about to get on stage, I just pause and tell myself someone needs to hear what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. And that makes it easy for me to forget about looking good or if I say something stupid or somebody's going to walk out in the middle of my talk or whatever. At that point, it's not about me. And I can kind of just get my ego out of the way. Oh, I love that. I'm going to personally use that myself. So thank you for sharing that. But no, that, that's so that's so powerful. It's, hey, I'm here with a purpose and somebody is going to hear what I'm I'm saying, you know. And I always love that when, you know, I do some type of event or podcast even where, or even like, you know, you can get caught up your ego. You nailed it perfectly. But your ego gets caught up on the numbers, like these vanity numbers of how we measure success. And I mean, that's even coming from a fitness background, how many people are in your class compared to other people's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, man, like you could focus on what you don't have. Like, oh, I don't have this many people didn't see it or this many people didn't come. And it kind of checks you. I've had this ex- experience multiple times in the past where it's like you find yourself getting caught up on that. But then one person comes up to you and they're like, I really needed to hear this today or whatever it was. And you're like, oh, OK, that's what it's all about, you know, and focusing on that. So totally. awesome. 100%. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for um, saying yes and allowing um, us to create this energetic experience together. I really appreciate that. I know you are busy because you do all the things, you know, all the things. Um, so I'm going to add all your tags and everything uh, in the episode so people can find you because I know they love you. They want to read your book. They want to find you. So how can people find you? Where should we go? I would love for you to sign up for my newsletter. I send it about once a month. I try to make sure that there's something really useful and actionable. Um, So the link to that, you can find that either on my website, andreaisabellucas.com or on my Instagram, also andreaisabellucas. If you have a question or if you just want to say hi, definitely DM me and just pop in and I'd love to connect. Yay. Awesome. Well, Andrea, thank you so much again. Um, This has been awesome. And I know so many people just got so much benefit from this. So thank you. And um, yeah, I, I just can't stress it enough. Go read her thank book. You. Just- thank you so much for having me. This was a great experience for me too. And 
I'm excited to get to know all of your listeners. I know. Yes. Uh, they'll, they'll be coming to your page. Um, so I say I always end a podcast uh, one certain way. So if you if you want to say this with me, I would love it. It's I always end with expect good things always and they will happen. So there's power in numbers. There's power in spoken word. There's power in like minded saying it together. So if you would, would you say it with me? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Uh, I'll give us a countdown. Three, two, one. Expect Expect good things things always. always, And they they will happen. happen. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, and we will talk to you all soon. 